Welcome to the Ether. Today is Thursday, February 9th, 2023. Today on the Ether, Cosmos Spaces, Cosmic Community, Episode 13, featuring Larry Ox. Let's take a listen. Good morning, everybody. It's Little Gaines here, co-founder of Cosmos Spaces. Hope everybody's doing great. Welcome to another Cosmic Community Twitter Space, Episode 13 with Larry. Larry's a smart contract developer at Delphi Labs and a contributor to Mars Protocol. So very happy to have Larry here. I'll bring him, bring him in in just a minute. Just going to do the little quick intro of what Cosmos Spaces is for those that are new. So Cosmos Spaces, the pulse of the Cosmos community. Join us on our journey as we explore and build the ecosystem's ethos together. We're a team dedicated to growing the Cosmos ecosystem by onboarding new users and showcasing the power of protocols through lively discussion on Twitter Spaces and hands-on demonstrations in our Discord. Since our early beginnings in 2022, around January, we've been at the forefront of the conversation, fostering a vibrant community on Telegram and Discord and Twitter spaces. Our mission is to always add value, education, support to the Cosmos community, from validating across multiple chains to to keeping you guys up to date with the latest developments. Cosmos Spaces is your one-stop shop for all things Cosmos. Um, got a little bit of news here for those that are, again, new to Cosmos Spaces. We do validate across multiple chains. Um, right now, we're validating for Quicksilver, Osmosis, Juno, Avmos, Namek, um, NGM, Dig, Comdex, and the recent addition to the Mars Protocol. Uh, we also uh, have relayers. Uh, we run relayers for Atom, Osmo, Juno, Evmos, Axlar, Kujira, Stride, and Mars Protocol. And we would love people to help us get back into the active set for Mars. So if you guys have any Mars tokens just laying around, please, um, would love you guys to uh, support us there. So it's time to bring up Larry. I hope Larry is okay to come up and bring him in. Good morning, Larry. How are you? Hey, very good. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for joining, dude. Is it, is it really early over there? What time is it over there, Larry? Oh, I'm in Europe. Uh, it's uh, two two p.m. in the afternoon. Oh, nice! Lucky you, dude. Lucky you. Nice, nice. So, what time do you normally start your day? So, I'm the type of person who sleep whenever I want to sleep. Wake up whenever <laughs> whenever I want to wake up. So, there's really no set schedule. Um, nice. Like like I sleep with my alarm clock off. Right? I, I don't set an alarm clock. Oh, oh my god! Uh, yeah, so I guess that's one thing. For like, it's a good thing working as a freelancer. It's, Heck uh, yeah! You have total control of your schedule, dude. I think this is the first time you and I get in a conversation on Twitter Spaces. I've heard you multiple times on Spaces, but I think this is like the first time me and you had like a one-on-one, which is pretty cool. I really appreciate you coming uh, yeah. on, dude. 
I know how busy you yeah. guys are. Very, very busy people over there. Uh, recent few days, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> how was the launch going with Mars? Everything going okay? Um, in the end, it, it, it went pretty well. Um, there was there were some hiccups uh, uh, during the process, but uh, it, it was all they were all resolved in the end. Well, so uh, I heard yeah. I've heard about that, but Larry, I want to I want to understand as a person, right? As a person, how has this like made you feel? Are you going through some stress here, or are you you know pretty confident? I mean, tell us how you feel though. You doing okay? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty okay. So, um, like you know, I, I, I'm only one one small part of the team. So mm-hmm. Mars is really a team effort. I'm just one part of it, um, and my my colleagues are all like very capable developers. So, um, you know, I have, I have a lot of trust on them. So, uh, I'm not really stressed about anything because I know we have a team of very capable people to yeah. sort things out. Good. And you have a good dependable team then. How, how big is the team for Mars protocol? Um, for smart contract, there are about four people front end, uh, two or three, Backend, maybe two or more. So that that is the developers team. Um, we had maybe a few manager role, which I'm not very sure, but I would say maybe ten to fifteen in total. Like everybody counted ten to fifteen. Not bad, not bad. And anybody that lives local there that is also working for Mars Protocol, or are you guys all just on the uh, the internet? We are we are totally distributed. Wow. I think we. I, I think our um our when we do a call it would spend 13 time zones i think (laughs) oh shit how do you guys get organized because um you know it's probably very hard to get organized with that many different time zones you know (laughs) i think it's it's quite asynchronous um so we we just chat online using some chatting chat tools like telegram stack um but mostly asynchronous, I would say. Awesome. Yeah. So, what around what time is the best time to get like everybody in a group, uh, like meeting? <laughs> just, just, just so I can know this, because you know, I mean, we we struggle sometimes too to get like all of us together because we're on different multiple time zones. So, yeah, I think the current time is the best. Uh, like the time right now, which is two in the afternoon for me. I think this is the time when everybody is awake, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. So right now it's nine a.m. over here in the United States, uh-huh. Michigan. Um, but anyway, Larry, enough about Mars. I'm sure you've like had a lot to deal with Mars, right? I'm sure you're like, okay, this is a nice time here to just chill and talk to Gainsey, right? So I <laughs> yeah. want to get to know you a little bit better, Larry. Um, let's just uh, just kind of just not talk about crypto too much right now, and just talk about more like what were you doing in your earlier days? Like what were you up to? Yeah, so before blockchain, that was a long story. <laughs> long story. Um, so I did. I studied chemistry at at college, um, and the reason for that was basically I did well in chemistry in high school, and I just picked that as a college major without giving it too much thought. So I I did chemistry at school, then I went to graduate school. I pursued a PhD in organic slash biochemistry. Um, 
I spent five times on, uh, five years on that. Uh, did not graduate in the end. I dropped out and started coding in crypto projects. Oh my goodness! So straight from that, you just went straight to to uh, to crypto. Okay. What what interested yeah, you so, in uh, chemistry though? Um. Well, I said I did I did well in chemistry in high school. So that's why I picked it. Um, uh, without too much, mm-hmm. uh, without thinking too much about it. Okay. Um, okay. It just naturally, naturally, yeah. naturally yeah. you're yeah, naturally good at it. Naturally, yeah. Well, not particularly good, I would say. Uh, if you're asking me now, I'd definitely say, say that that was a not a good decision. I'm not that good at science. Um, if you really ask me. That's crazy because I've always liked science. Um, science was one of those fun classes for me go- growing up in school. But math, math, yeah. math was just like a struggle, <laughs> Larry. I fucking hate, oh my God, math, dude. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I, I think um, there, so, so if we talk about, you know, sometimes we say a person is, is a big brain or galaxy brain. I think when we say this, there are different meaning of that um, sometimes it, it means somebody's creative uh, in that case they may be a good artist sometimes it is this people is it's good at reasoning or come up with hypothesis uh, this this is a, a good trait for a scientist so i don't think i'm really good at either of those what i'm good at is um, grab some building blocks made by other people and put them together into a product so I definitely feel I'm a, more more like a builder engineer type rather than a scientist type. So um, I spent nine years in science. That's four in college and five in grad school. I did pretty abysmally, I would <laughs> to be quite honest. Uh, so yeah, fortunately, fortunately in the end, I, I think I made the right decision to start building crypto. That's interesting, Larry. I so me like um, math was a struggle, but I mean I wasn't like stupid or anything but just math was just a little struggle right uh, um and yeah. then uh i love science love getting into science and now where i'm at in life i'm a um entry-level engineer that's what you can consider me i like to design um different like fixtures for for aerospace um just like working on little projects like that so i use solidworks i'm not sure if you've ever heard of solidworks it's just a cad program uh, mm-hmm. and yeah i just i love to, to design stuff um i'm also a troubleshooter so yeah. yeah 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 very cool builder though you're a builder okay yeah now um i have another question for you uh, regarding like yeah when you were going to school and this and that right did you surround yourself with like a lot of people that were already interested into like computer science and that kind of um, field or no not really not really <laughs> no uh, no okay just kind of one. Just so, curious where it where, where you kind of transitioned from science to like boom Web three, you know? Yeah. So I did some data data mining or some re- really lightweight machine learning. Definitely not like cool cool stuff like Chat GPT. Definitely not. But I did some um, some data mining, some entry level neural network stuff with our chemical data. Uh, so learn Python. Um, that's when I first got into programming. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, mm-hmm. 
that's how I started. What, what kind of traits could you relate like um, developers? Like what kind of traits, what, what kind of personalities do you, how would you describe a developer, Larry? Um, <laughs> I would describe it as, well, uh, when I build something, I think of myself as being presented a bunch of Lego blocks and put them into a shape. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's about how to find a most organized, most elegant, most cleanest way to put blocks together, put building blocks together. Yeah. That's how I feel what I do when I write code. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see. So, that. so like, it's really about how to find a clean way to organize things. That, that's how I would put Literally, it. when I think about a developer, I think of somebody who is just like constantly on the computer uh, typing code and like um, problem solving. I, I think like uh, a developer for me would be more like a problem solver, a troubleshooter. So you're kind of painting the, the picture for me there. Thanks. Yeah, I think it's more like an assembler. Assembler. That, that is a word. Mm-hmm. Assembler. Like, yeah, put, thing, put things together. Yeah. What, what, what um, projects have you uh, contributed uh, before Mars? And um, yeah, what, what, what other projects maybe that we might have, you know, not heard of? Yeah, so I think the first ever crypto-related project I, I worked on was a dashboard uh, for ThorChain. So, so ThorChain is a cross-chain DEX, so it has a bunch of XYK pools like Uniswap. So I started doing LPing in it, but obviously we have these things called impermanent loss, and every nobody understands what how impermanent loss really works and. Nobody really knew how to. Um, nobody really knew how to look at numbers and tell how much profit or loss you made. Yeah. So, um, I just looked into the math and figured out a, a graphical way to present that. So I, I can break down my profit and loss doing LP in a pool into a few components, like the profit loss from the price movement of the first asset from the from the price movement of the second asset, from trading commissions, and from impermanent loss. I can I figure out a pretty good way of describing these different components in a graphical way. Um, so I, I learned some web programming, HTML, CSS, JavaScript, and built a web uh, dashboard where you can put in some numbers and if you present that graphics for you, um, so it help it helps me to understand how my finance is doing when LPing in a DEX pool. Uh, so that that was my first project. Uh, as mentioned, it was for Thorchain. Mm-hmm. So it just happens that Delphi, which is the company that I'm working for now, was also a an, an investor in Thorchain. They were also building a dashboard for Thorchain as well. Uh, so I, I open sourced my project. They noticed it. So that's that, that. That that was the beginning of how I got involved with this company and ended up um, hired by it. Gotcha. So okay. Yeah. So Delphi. How how long have you been at Delphi then? Uh, almost two years now. Uh, I, I think I joined in April two thousand and twenty-one. So almost two years. Oh. Uh-huh. And then Thorchain, was that like one of the first chains that you looked into in the crypto ecosystem or or was that just the first one that you started working on like a project for? Uh, it's the latter. So uh, 
the first coin I bought was Bitcoin, just just like everybody. And the second one is ETH. Um, so after those, I started looking for what else to put money in. And I think I think it was DJ Spartan who uh, shilled Thorchain 24-7 at the time. And I started looking into it. Okay, you got into Bitcoin first. All right. Where, where, where did you buy your first Bitcoin? Was it Binance? Coinbase. Coinbase. So I was American. I was a American resident at the time. So. Oh, okay, cool. So you spent some time in America. All right, all right. That's yeah, graduate nice. uh, school. Cool. How long? How long did you spend here in America? Five years, as I mentioned. That that's the uh, that's the five years I spent in grad school. Ah, so the whole five years. Sweet, sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Do you still have any friends that you went to uh, school with? That you still talk to today? Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Does does your yeah. does your um. Yeah. Does your fam uh, know that you're into crypto? You're in, you're in, you're in this full time, right, Larry? Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's full time, uh, full time developer. Mm-hmm. And does your your family know that you're like doing this full time? Yes. Yeah. Yes. It, w- w- so what like, what do uh, they think about that? That's what I want to know. What do they what do they actually think about that? Think you're crazy or what? They they were very against it at the beginning when I told them I want to quit school. Um, because they were they are, they are very tr- like traditional. They, they they want to live a like a stable, mm-hmm. uh, low low risk life with with no surprise, right? Just just uh, do your school, work a job, uh, climb the climb the corporate ladder. The corporate ladder, yes. Um, yeah. Like 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 the the the, the normal normie traditional way of life. the rat race right the corporate ladder the rat race uh, yeah yeah so like no surprise no you know yeah but that's common that's common larry and a lot of our you know with a lot of our friends family that's very common they don't want to step out of their comfort zone right so right. when you stepped out of your comfort zone what, what what was it that made you what pushed you to that level that you said fuck it i'm going into crypto i don't care what people say you know what was it that pushed you? What drove you there? Um, I think it was really because my my life as a graduate student in science was very abysmal. Like um, research doesn't work out. Uh, like graduation is very far away on the horizon. Like yeah. y- you need to complete certain research goals in order to to graduate as a PhD, right? Yeah. Uh, and job perspective, like it's like really, 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 really poor. Because um, mm-hmm. just just like everything else, uh, like American science sector are outsourcing jobs to like India or China, other part of the world. Yep. Uh, but I, I'm not likely to get a job, so I just ask ask myself, what I'm what am I in this for? I'm not interested in it. I'm not successful in it. Even if I graduate in two, three more years, I could I could not land myself a decent job. Then what am I doing here? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, and I'm sure your parents were like, "What are you What are you freaking doing? Like, are you out of your mind? You're You're just like leaving. You're just dipping out of school. Like, what What's going on with you? Like, what 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 did you tell your yeah. parents, Larry? What did you tell them? Like, like, trust me, I'm gonna do this. Trust me, I know what I'm doing. Or how did How did that go? I just told them about my reasoning. So, mm-hmm. so their opinion was: you already spent five years in this. Uh, you are probably not that far away from getting a degree. Even if you don't look for a job in science, 
a degree might still help, right? Um, so, so their 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 suggestion was just get that degree, then you can do whatever you want. But um, to me, it was just a waste of time. If I if 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 there is no chance I will ever work in science, why would I put three two three more years of my life into this? Yeah into this degree, which I may never use. But as, as mentioned, they are, they are quite risk averse. Um, they want to have a second plan for everything. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, but I just, told, I, just, I just told them about my reasoning. And in the end, uh, we're on different side of the Pacific. I mean, America, they are in Asia, so they, they, couldn't, <laughs> they couldn't really <laughs> have control of what I do. So, uh, how, how old were you when you were going through this, uh, Larry, if you don't mind me asking? Um, so that I was 27 at the time, I think you were young. Yeah. 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 That's, that's, that's such a great story to hear Larry, because maybe this will encourage people to just take that leap of faith and get into something that they're passionate about. Right. Because it, it, parents usually follow that narrative, like, oh no, you have to go to college. You have to get this degree. You have to find a job with that degree. And that's not the case. Like I didn't go to college and I'm, I'm pretty comfortable where I'm at in, in my job. And I'm making more money than I would have, like, if I would have went to school for what my parents were pushing me to go to school for. Like, I I think sometimes you just have to go with your, your heart and just, just take that leap of faith, you know. But did you have a plan B, yeah. Larry? Did you ever have a plan B? Like, if it doesn't work out, I have another a plan? No. No? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so for me, uh, at the time, I had a relatively high degree of certainty that it will work out for me because it was early like spring 2021 that we were in a full-on bull market like michael saylor is buying bitcoin in billions um and and i had a job offer from delphi um so it's not like i'm just quit with without a plan like i have a job offer right um so I, i had a high level of certainty it will work out for me yeah if, if, if i had not have that job, job offer I, I probably would not quit mm-hmm. so, so you that you had you had it kind of already lined up so you probably would have wouldn't have quit but sometimes things fall into place right when you start thinking that way when you start changing your mindset like oh i want to get this i want to work in web3 or oh i want to work in this career i want to do this sometimes things slowly but surely start aligning with your, with your, uh, I don't know, with your, just what you want, what you want in life. For me, it's kind of been that way. Like it's always a, the powerful mind that attracts those things that you want. So I think, I think with the law of attraction, if anybody knows the law of attraction, I think you basically manifested that to happen in your life. So it's, it's a really, really cool story for anybody that's listening that wants to just take that leap of faith. Really cool, Larry. Very cool. Yeah. Do you have any, do you have any, um, any kids, Larry? Or are you, uh, no, no, no kids. No, I'm still single. My goodness. Well, there you go, ladies. For all those that are listening, uh, Larry is single. He is single and ready to mingle. I'm just kidding, Larry. Just kidding, dude. No, no. But I, I, I'm just asking because sometimes I like to just, you know, relate to the people I'm speaking with on like a parent level. Um, it's, it's, it is hard to just, you know, balance work and and everything's happening in crypto and making sure that your family's well taken care of. I have have two kids of my own. So I was just wondering if you had kids, but good. I mean, at least you can focus on your career, you know, hundred percent. Right. Yeah. Right. So yeah, Larry, it was a, uh, yeah, really, really great story. 
what else, man? I got I got a lot of list of questions here. How much time do you have, Larry? I don't want to keep you here way, way, way too long. Normally, about an uh, hour. I don't, don't worry. No, don't. Okay. Don't don't worry. Let's just awesome. Let's just do it. Normally, we do them for like about an hour, so we're still good on time. Mm-hmm. So, just uh, words of encouragement for people that are listening, Larry, that are um, trying to get into Web three. What would you tell those people? What would you tell those people? Um, I think it depends on like what kind of job you're doing. Are you an investor? Are you an are you a working on the business side or community side? Are you a designer or or developer? I think the the approach would quite vary a lot. I can only speak for developers. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So what 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 would I say? Hmm. Mm. Like, yeah, just in case there's some people listening that just need that extra push, you know. Well, I guess so. Like, like, like a pr- pretty high level ad- advice I I would say is just to to be very open minded. Do not like like do not be an op- maximism ma- maximist maximalist in a- anything. Okay. Like, um, like I started my smart contract development in ethereum solidity like most people but after i tried the cosmos stack i pretty quickly gave that up and adopted this which i believe is the better stack so i would say just just be open open-minded um share your code uh collaborate contribute to open source projects um well after all that that is how i landed my job i, I open sourced my project with the community, I try to help people uh, with 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 that dashboard I developed. Right, um, that's how that's how my current employer who uh, noticed my work. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Thank you, thank you. Great, great, great. Do you um do you have any like role models in this space that you look up to? Anybody in particular that you would say like you know this person I've been following their footsteps kind of, and anybody in particular that comes to mind. Ah well, there there are a bunch of uh, Cosmos core devs with like a lot of technical insights and very very good code quality. I can name a lot of them, but um, mostly on on, on code side, that uh, like code quality side. That, that that's uh, that's what I know. <laughs> okay, okay. Who would you say would be like one of the best uh, developers in your eyes? Right, in your eyes. The separating. Let's just separate like you know your 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 role at all these companies. Just like your personal opinion. Yeah, I would name uh, the people at Confio, which is the company who developed uh, Cosm Wasm. Uh, I would say Ethan Fry and Simon are there. Um, I would also like to name Marco and Bez from the Cosmos SK, SDK team. Mm-hmm. Um, there are also a few folks at, uh, at the IBC core team and uh, informal systems also doing very impressive work. Shout out to them! Awesome. I mean, yeah, yeah. These are the th- these are the few people that I worked relatively close with. But yeah, I'm sure I, I miss miss out a lot. I think I recognize most of those people, so that's pretty cool. You gave them a nice little shout out there, Larry. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And um, I see you have uh, what is it? What what kind of NFT is it? That's that's a Luna, a Terra, right? A Terra Punk, maybe. God dang, I'm bad with names. Uh, yeah, that, that was a Galactic Punk. Galactic it was punk. a fake Galactic Punk. I made. <laughs> With Photoshop, 
um, because I, I could not find one with a Mars, uh, like Mars trace, like, uh-huh. like a Mars spacesuit that makes Mars background. I could not find one. So I just <laughs> Photoshopped it myself. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so you were into the Terra, and, and the, obviously. Yeah. You were into the Terra. And the face, right, I was into, into Terra. And the, the, the face part of that fake punk is actually a, a commission art, like pixel art based on a real photo of me. So, like, I just Photoshopped everything together. Oh, nice, 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 nice. Are you into NFTs, Larry, though? Like, I mean, I know you did some cool stuff um, at Stargaze. So, are you big on NFTs? So like, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't trade NFTs. Um, but I, I like, I like, you know, I like pretty pictures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't trade them. Like, if I buy NFT, that's because I like the picture. So, ah, okay. I'm kind of in the same boat as you. Like, if I see a collection that comes out, I'll, I'll browse it. And if something sticks out to me, like, that just pops out for the art, I'll buy it. I'll buy it. I don't do a lot of trading yeah. either. No, 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 not a lot. I'm probably... I'm already bad at trading, Larry, as it is. Like, when I start trading tokens, it seems to always go up when I sell and when I buy, it goes down. I don't know about you, but I'm just a terrible trader anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think if you're a rational person, it's hard to be a trader because like when people trade, they are not rational, but you are rational. So you, you, you could not understand like what other traders think. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I guess if you like people who are not good at like people who are in the belt in the middle of the bell curve, like me, I consider myself somewhere in the middle of the bell curve, and <laughs> these kind of people are usually not good at trading. Yeah. But if you are on the on the left side, you are not rational about what you do, or or if on the right side, you're just super, super smart. You can understand everybody. You you, you may be good, but <laughs> myself is in the middle. <laughs> so. Okay, so you don't do some crazy degen trading and like no, no, no. you don't do that crazy because a lot of the people that I've met that were in Terra. Um, they were always doing this looping shit and whatever, and I was just not into it. And yeah, that's who I, they're like a, a degen, those kind of people that were doing that looping stuff. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, so you don't do too much trading. So what, when you're not trading and when you're not coding, what does, what does Larry do? What does he like to do outside of crypto? I, I'm overall a pretty boring person. <laughs> uh, like, like I, I don't do sports. I don't do, I don't do music. I, I just, I don't do outdoor, but probably should. But I just uh, play some games. Like okay, you like games? Okay, wait, that's not a boring person, dude. Uh, I mean, people that play games are not boring, Larry. So, <laughs> what kind of games are you into? Um, let's say like story rich, uh, open world action RPG. Okay. Okay. Nice. Right. I like um uh, I I don't play too many games. The most recent one that I uh, uh completed was God of War. Fucking that game is awesome. I love God uh-huh. of War. I've got a yeah. PS5 and I play here and there. Uh don't do too much computer gaming though. I know a lot of my friends do. But speaking about like yeah, yeah speaking about like um you know <laughs> being outside or whatever in sports uh do you do a lot of traveling now that you're like full-time web3? Um I have not been able to for the last two years or so, but uh, I think I will start uh, going places now mm-hmm. uh, since uh, our protocol is launched. I think, uh, yeah, I'm starting to planning some, some, some travel. Did you go to yeah. Cosmoverse last year, Larry? Yes, I did. Yeah. You did? Okay. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, yeah. 
Definitely. First time traveling out there to Medellin? To Latin America. Yeah. Latin America, yeah. How was your experience there? Did yeah. you feel kind of like out of place with all the different, like, the different culture and the foods? Or did you, yeah, did you like it? Uh, I didn't feel out of place. Like, it's a beautiful city. Um, and I was able to meet a lot of people who I've only met online. Uh -huh. So me meeting them in real like offline is very nice yeah um did you meet a lot of the people that were in terra because um i've met a few folks that that you got really wrecked uh with terra and they were out there telling me their stories you know well i i did <laughs> i did you got super regular I, right yeah i did i i think i'm, I'm down I'm at least 95 percent um you were all in on because i were all in on terra i, I was all in on terra um and i you know because luna went so high and i did took profit like it, it's not like um people who, who never take profit i did take profit it's just that i take them i took them in ust and i put them in enter so, so it didn't help fuck man but you're fuck yeah. okay well, at least you're still here bro at least you're still here building and like it didn't yeah. bring you down yeah. make you exit the entire market completely you know you know what i mean yeah it's not going to bring me down i mean it, it it just deprived me of other options making building what i'm building mm -hmm. the only option for like make it back again that, that that's the only option yeah yeah definitely yeah. no nah, man that's good that's good that you were able to bounce back on your feet you know from that terrible crash i didn't get affected that much because i wasn't like super in on, on the terror ecosystem mainly just still you know on the other side i i say the other side because it kind of was like that larry like we kind of felt like the terror was like its own thing and kind of like distanced itself from right. The cosmos right you did you feel that a little bit yeah i definitely feel that a lot mm -hmm. uh, like terror is its own community and um i feel they're not that enthusiastic in integrating with the rest of cosmos like mm -hmm. For one instance, um, you know, Terra had IBC, they had IBC token transfer, but they did not have um, cross-chain smart contract interaction. So mm -hmm. if you want to have a contract on one chain and interact with contract on Terra, that's a different IBC channel than the token transfer channel. So we, we had like, we had talked with like, um, like No Quan on Twitter saying, hey, can you can you enable that? That's literally a one-liner addition to your code. Just enable that that smart contract was an IBC channel. Just just do that. Uh -huh. And and Do Kwan replied, "What is the benefit? That there's no other like uh, there's no other uh, meaningful DeFi activities in Cosmos. Why why would we enable this? Who who are who are our contract going to? Who who is it that our contract will interact with? Like there." Um, like, so what? they, they have like, they're, they're pretty like, let me just say pride in their selves. Mm -hmm. Like they're the biggest DeFi ecosystem in Terra and they're not, they don't really understand, they, well, they didn't really understand the, like the, the benefit of integrating with the broader ecosystem. So we ha had to like talk people to change their minds over time. Um, Oh, yeah, terrible. They, yeah, yeah. They, they didn't value the, the potential of what could happen. And it was just a one-liner? Jeez, come on, dude. 
Come on. Yeah, that's literally one line in the code to add that Quasm channel to, to IBC. Um, so the fortunate thing is, uh, like, you know, after Terra 1 is dead, they started Terra 2. Terra 2 was the fork of Juno, and Juno had that one line, of course. Mm -hmm. so, so now we have it. Yeah. No, so, so, wait. so now they yeah. do have that now? Now it's good to go? They, they do have that okay. because they copied code from Juno, and Juno had that. Mm -hmm. So we have it now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Are you, um, are you, are, are you still, uh, okay, do you believe that Terra could ever bounce back to its all-time highs? Um, or do you think that it's probably not gonna make it that high anymore? Like, not financial advice, right, Larry? Just, just saying. Do you think that there's still hope um, for for that? Well, I mean, the, the 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 economic model of of Terra stablecoin was flawed. We we all know about it now. But I think yeah. their their developers, their product designers, their team, I think they're still still top quality in, in our industry. Mm -hmm. uh, like, just 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 take a try. Give it. Terra Station wallet that try I think that's that's a very good experience. So um, and I don't think they have lost a lot of their talent since the crash. Mm -hmm. So I still think they, they are capable of building very good product. Um, but whether they are gonna bounce back, that I, I, I don't think anybody can really say it for sure. Yeah. But I feel you. I feel you. They they do have they do have a great team. I feel you, man. All right, enough about that. Uh, enough about Terra, because God just brings back memories. Um, <laughs> uh, I remember those uh, spaces that we used to host, and other people were hosting. People just basically crying on spaces of just getting absolutely wrecked, and that just 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 terrible, terrible time, dude. Um, I'm looking forward mm -hmm. to the future, though. So I'm looking forward to what we're going to be building here in this ecosystem. So, so tell me, what are you looking forward to the most this year, Larry? What are you most excited about? Yeah, so hopefully we are going to have the full-featured Mars protocol launched, available on Osmosis. Um, I don't know about when we will be ready to launch the second instance on, a, on another chain, but hopefully we will know within this year. Um, I have a personal project, which I think is very interesting if you... Um, follow it on Twitter. I talk about it quite often. Um, it is a, it is called the Cosmosm SDK. So Cosmosm is the smart contract engine for Cosmos. Uh, so the, the per this project is about like building a whole blockchain framework from the ground up uh, based on Cosmosm. So instead of starting up a Cosmos SDK chain with the addition of Wasm module, now you have you have a much leaner, smaller, minimalist uh, framework with Cosmosm in the centerpiece. Um, so that is something I've, I've been working personally uh, in my free time over the last few months. I have received like an inc incredible amount of um, expectations. So uh, it is something I hope I can push through this year. Sick, dude. I am not like the most tech savvy person. You know, I kind of understand like some of it, but what what would benefit a chain that was just basically full blown Cosmosm um, versus as like Cosmos SDK? What would be like the main benefits? Um, so if you, if you're talking about like performance, it's not going to be a 10x improvement. Um, 
I think it's more on the developer experience side because I have I have experienced the different ecosystems. I have tried I have tried EVM, I have tried the Cosmos SDK, I have tried Cosmosm, and there are things I don't like in all of them. So Cosmosm, the, the, the CW SDK is really um, I, I I want to fix all those things I don't like and have have a a framework that is the the best the most ergonomic for developers to have the best developer experience. Yeah, because you already kind of explained the way you are. You get in there, you like to make sure that everything is nice and clean. You're a builder. You like to have everything organized. So Cosmosm is one of those that you love using because it's easy, right? Easy to work on as a developer. Right. So, so that, I, I want it to be a, play, a, a framework where Building a protocol is enjoyable. Yeah. Like you, you will love writing your code. Mm-hmm. But I, I didn't feel it that way when writing Solidity contracts. I didn't feel it quite the way when writing Cosmos SDK code. And Cosmos SDK is pretty painful to write. There are fun, fun like sparks of fun in it from time to time, uh, but mostly it's pretty dreadful. Cosmosm is the best I've had so far, um, but I really want to make the best one and that that is uh the cwsdk yeah yeah so now that we're kind of talking more about like the tech and stuff uh again i'm not super technical here so you might have to like break things down a little bit but um in your opinion is the future headed in a different direction uh and i'm talking about proof of stake here versus like proof of work or do you think we're gonna have to stick with proof of stake for a while until something new comes up or maybe you already have your own idea of what a, a a change should look like in the future um, so, proof of work and proof of stake are just are, are what we call stable stable attack resistance mechanisms. So, so in human world, it basically means it is a mechanism for selecting who to who to propose the next block. So, in proof of work, it is they, they do a bunch of mining to solve some complex mathematical questions, and whoever finds the answer first has to propose the next block. In proof, proof of stake, it is um, everybody puts some coin in, and um, there's a pseudo random process to select who to propose next, uh, proportional to their the size of their stake. Um, so th- there, these are like nothing fancy. They are just a way for selecting who to get to propose the block. Um, so I, I don't think. Th- like you know, proof of work and proof of stake are the most rudimentary forms of of these mechanisms. Um, they are the simplest forms, so I, I don't think they will go. Um, but I think we will see uh, new chains, especially app chains, um, to pick their own mechanisms. Uh, like for, just for for example, uh, there is one. There is a Cosmos chain called Tgrade, uh, which is built by Confio, who created Cosmosm. So they, they have their own uh, mechanism called proof of engagement, which is some sort of hybrid between proof of stake and some social reputation system. So you, you can earn you a spot in the validators that by putting some coins, but you can also earn a spot for yourself by engaging with their ecosystem in some in some way. So I'm, I'm not, not super clear, but uh, that, that is the idea. So uh, I think, Proof of work and proof of stake, as mentioned, they are 
like the root, most rudimentary, most fundamental way of doing this. Um, but it's totally imaginable that some chains will have variants of them, like putting new flavors into them. But I think they're going to stay. Thanks, Larry. And um, what would you kind of compare that to uh, a chain that already exists in the in the real world? Um, would it be something like kind of like Cardano? What they what 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 Cardano is like for the noobs that are listening, like me? <laughs> um, I, I don't really know anything about Cardano. So, um, but overall, my my opinion on blockchain is that. A blockchain is just a way for for a group of people to organize their, themselves. Um, so, like, blockchain is fundamentally a social thing. So, like, people engage themselves through various ways. They can do that through intermediaries, through governments and laws. Blockchain is just one 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 of such ways. People agree they are going to engage with each other using. Uh, based on the state machine logics written in, in the code. That, that's basically what blockchain is. We redefine some, some rules using code and people just agree to interact with each other according to that those codes. So that's just what blockchain is. It's a way for people to engage with each other. Um, and I, I really think my ideal future would be that there will be tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of blockchains each community will have their own blockchain. Like my, my my Minecraft server can have can have a blockchain. Mm-hmm. Like my my local gym can have a blockchain. Uh, my you know, so on so on. Yeah. Um, and these chains will be talking to each other through IBC. Um, and obviously, each of these communities have different needs. Like my Minecraft server probably won't have a different way <laughs> of making blocks than 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 what Bitcoin does, right? Um, so yeah, so they are totally free to optimize their own, like customize their own consensus algorithms, customize their own stable defense algorithm, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, I mean that th- that this is just one one more thing that Cosmos attracts me because it's Cosmos philosophy enables this. Right, Ethereum doesn't enable enable this, Bitcoin doesn't enable this, but Cosmos enables each every community to. Sp- to easily spin up their own chains and uh, like interoperate with other chains. So that's another very cool thing about it. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Hey, um, what do you think about the Nakamoto coefficient that we have for all these chains in Cosmos? Is there a way to improve it? Do you think we need to improve it right now? What's your opinion on that, on decentralizing the validator set and so on? Um, yeah, so, so right now, if you look into the data, uh, most Cosmos chains have a Nakamoto coefficient of around five, five or six or seven in that range. So, so for, for those who don't have the context, Nakamoto coefficient means the minimum number of validators who can, if they collude, they can do some damage to the to the chain. So, in, in Tendermint consensus, if one third of all validators collude and turn off their node the chain will halt. It will not produce any more blocks. If two-thirds of validators collude, they can forge invalid blocks that violates the rule of the code, right? Uh, so one-third or two-third. Um, if you look into the data, I think most most sources define that using one-third of the voting power as the Nakamoto coefficient. So that means 
if your chain has a coefficient of five, then if the top top five validators all turn off their node for whatever reason, maybe they have a power outage or maybe they are like they are threatened by government or whatever, they turn off their node, then your chain will stop producing blocks. Uh, so that, that's a bad thing. Um, yeah, we do not want that. <laughs> we do yeah, not want that. Right. So, sure. right. So let's say a chain has 100 validators and these 100 validators all have equal voting power, then one third you, have, you will have a Nakamoto of uh, 33, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the best possible case. Um, mm, okay. Yeah, think, so, yeah. yeah, so like, so yeah, yeah so, so the idea is this. Um, one chain might, might only have a coefficient of five, but we will have hundreds or thousands of chains in the future, right? So if, if one chain is halted, that's, that's just one of 100 or one of 1,000, yeah. but we still have all the rest network still alive and making blocks. Uh, so, so I think there are two, two important things. Uh, well, three really. One, we, we need we need a lot more change than, than what we have now. Hmm. Uh, and two, uh, these all these chains ideally they should have different validator sets. But what what we what we are seeing now is that there are like only a few like commercial institutional validators. They are on the top of every chain. Yep. Right? Yep. I can name a few like uh, like I don't know Figment or. Uh, Chorus One, or maybe Cosmos Station. These are the big ones, right? Big guys. They are they are on the top of pretty much every chain, Correct. and that that is what I think is not an ideal situation. But, but ideally, we want every chain to have different validator sets so that a few big ones, a few big guys go down. They they don't drag the whole ecosystem down. Correct. Right. And the third thing is these these big guys, these validators. They they are preferably located in different like diverse geographical locations. Like we don't want everybody in the United States. We don't want everybody in Germany. So that if one government cracks down blockchain, they're all dead, right? <laughs> we want them distributed around the world. So yeah, these are three things. Now, speaking about that, I'm just actually looking right now on, on MintScan to just, just to pop in there and see, all right, out of all these validators that MintScan can track, which one has like, the most staked amount and it's Stakefish. Stakefish has the most amount on um mm -hmm. yeah, they're they're one of the biggest ones. Um then we have SG one, yeah. Tokyo Capital. But I guess my question was geared more towards like is there a way to improve the Nakamoto coefficient? Um is there a way that you maybe have been thinking about or brainstorming like how can we keep how can we further decentralize a validator set, right? And keep all of the validators somewhat in a happy position where, you know, they can validate for a set chain without there know. are a lot lot of there are a lot of different ways uh that have been proposed but honestly i feel none of them is um perfect like like for for, for one example um crescent crescent the, the crescent chain um they have a built-in liquid staking in their platform and the way it works is the chain governance will vote on a validator's debt I think currently they they have twelve or thirteen validators in the set, and when you stake, if you evenly distribute to that twelve or thirteen, mm -hmm. um, so that's what what they do. Um, so obviously the drawback is it is a governance voted set, 
So you you don't have choice of who to stake with, right? When you stake, the governance governance cho chooses a set of validators you delegate to. Like if if I don't like this one, I, I just want to delegate to that guy. I don't have that option, right? Yeah. Um, so it is it is not perfect in this regard. Um, the, another proposed solution is. Uh, the more voting power a validator has, the lower um, lower staking reward this one will get. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it right. So, uh, if you delegate to to a validator that are, that is ranked lower, um, you get a slightly higher yield than if you delegate to the top the top one. Yep, yep. Um, That's been brought so up. That, that could be one way, and that and another way that. Uh, Thorachain is currently doing, which I quite like, um, is validator rotation. So what, what they do is if a validator is, has been active for a very long time, then this validator will be rotated out and, and another validator who is not in the active set will be rotated in. Um, so like for each validator, there's a timer, right? So if, if they stay in the too long, they will be temporarily kicked out. And once they, Stay outside for long. Uh, well, once another guy has been kicked out, they, they can substitute in. Right. Um, That's interesting. I, I call this a yeah. I call this a term limit for validators, which which could be an interesting idea. So yeah. So I mean, a lot of experimentation is going on regarding this. Cool. That's awesome. That's that's good to hear that people are you know still trying to like uh, you know improve it, improve it because I think that I see it. I see it as like one of the the little problems that we have in our ecosystem, you see the same validators on a, on a chains with a ton of voting power. It'd be nice to, just to get get that fixed, you know, and or improve it. Let's just say improve mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Cool, Larry. Thank you, man. I I really appreciate you coming on the space, by the way. Um, and uh, mm -hmm. let me see if I have any other questions because uh, sometimes the community likes to drop in questions. So let me just double check right here. But anyway, any big plans for the weekend? Uh, no, because, uh, you know, um, we're still not over yet in the Mars protocol launch sequence. We have a, our protocol consists of three components. We just launched the first two. There's one more coming. So work is not done yet. <laughs> a lot of work to do. A lot of work to do. Yeah. yeah. Awesome, Larry. Well, I don't have any other questions, Larry. Um, like I said, this was just more of a chill, laid back space. It just introduced you to the community properly for those that are not in the know of like, who is Larry? But I appreciate all your insight and, uh, you know, just coming on. Thank you so much, Larry. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yep, yep. I'm going to wrap up this space. Uh, it's almost about an hour. And uh, hopefully we can chat some other time in another space. Appreciate everybody who stopped in to listen to us just banter. It's been a great time. So thanks again, and everybody have a good night. Take it easy, Larry. Maybe one of these days you can get a really nice, uh, an, an actual galactic punk that resembles, you know, the Mars protocol. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. All right. Take care, Larry. Everyone have a good night. Good day. Peace. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Ether. That was Cosmic Community, episode 13, featuring Larry Ox. Hosted by Lil Gaines, a.k.a. Corporate Squid. Squid.
recorded on Thursday, February 9th, 2023. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, head on over to TerraSpaces.org donate and show some support now. When we blow through the dust, volcanoes erupt. No one ever guessed that the game would be tough. Keep your hands off when the play is a bust. Plain old and just, so we keep it on the one. Blast off on the two. Help me see the three. Third eye open wide, checking out the scene. Razor beam focused, star screen jokers. Living off the fat of the people they approach. Tell me what happens when the land fights back. With the cliffs at our backs, make the last stand matter. No one ever planned for the famine on deck. We was walking all erect with the dead man swagger. Sitting in a little den, vision in the middle men. Listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty then. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian. Lost in the maze, trying to make the next bubble billion. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next B-b-b-billion Little Dan envisioning the middle men Listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty then Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next No one gave a shit till the drugs all dried up Everybody died from a bad batch of Lysol But it didn't matter we was all hyped up When the pedal hit the metal he just didn't have the right skill Watched in the daytime till the night curfew Rats in a cage till they make time to murky Got a little job that falls under my purview We gotta get this mob away from the birds you gotta find cover wipe off the bird poop right off the work while you try on the worst juice blinded by perps who try to reverse truth slide like fox news just trying to lie to you eating up the slop like a bunch of hungry vagrants i can't wait for the day they lock us up in stasis mock up a basement could call me resilient waiting for the internet to make me a billion In the middle men, listen to the fiddle man Play a little ditty then Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze, trying to make the next B-b-b-billion Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze, trying to make the next B-b-b-billion Terror Spaces